the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I know a place where we can go to lay the troubles down in your soul. This is Crosswalk, Colorado Springs. Now, your host, Eric Cartier, Senior Pastor of Rocky Mountain Calvary Church. Like a tide, it is rising up deep inside a current that moves and makes it come alive. Pastor Eric Cartier, thanks so much for joining me. Hope that you're having a great Wednesday afternoon. Had some awesome rain this afternoon. I know it's something I've been praying for. It's been so dry and windy. Great to see some moisture here in Southern Colorado. Want to remind you that the show is now podcasted. If you go uh, to any of the platforms and put in Crosswalk Colorado Springs, it'll come up. You can listen to uh, prior shows. I know yesterday we had Victor Marks in, and it was really a great show. So go check out uh, the podcast. Uh, Today, I'm really excited to introduce my good friend uh, to you. We've been able to partner in ministry together, David Galvan. David, thanks so much for joining me. Oh, thanks so much for having me. And I'm with you. That rain is amazing. I'm hoping this place will green up really fast. Didn't it smell so good? Oh, gosh. You miss the smell, don't you? Oh, I do. Yeah, for (laughs) sure. Well, David really uh, specializes in focusing on mental health and suicide prevention here in our city. And I know you've labored in this area for, for many, many years. Uh, would you share with us a little bit of your background and, and your focus, how you ended up in this place of, of really devoting your life uh, to, to serving mental illness? Yeah, for sure. Thanks again for having me on this show. Um, I actually got involved accidentally on purpose. Isn't that the will of the Lord, right? Yeah. Just accidentally on purpose. I didn't, like, my life is designed in this way, and the Lord just really opened those paths. Um, I've been here since uh, 1989. I'm a kid of Colorado Springs. There you go. Uh, Doherty High School is the high school. Shout out to the Spartans. And so uh, as I was going through the process, right around 2010, really got actively involved in uh, participating in youth dialogue and youth conversations in our community. And uh, in 2016, um, we had a diffusion of suicides here in our community. If you can remember that, about 10 students uh, died by suicide in two weeks. And that really rippled into our community. And I was working with a local uh, organization that really was doing um, healthy relationship dialogue inside of schools. And we were like, hey, what can we do? What can we do? And so started actually partnering with local counseling agency to provide resources to, to schools and then really saw the need to be a bridge to the community and to the community at large, as well as the faith community. And so um, as we saw that partnering with the county, partnering with other uh, agencies and organizations that provide suicide prevention programs, as well as mental health awareness. And so we really just, um, as I got involved, I noticed the need and then also said, how, how can I be a help? How can I be a part of that? Yeah, that, that's awesome. 
I do want to open it up to callers uh, today as we talk about uh, mental illness and suicide. If this is something that you're wrestling with, uh, we're here to minister to you. At the end of the day, uh, David and I both uh, care about you, and even more, the Lord cares about you. So feel free to give us a call, 844-500-9673. Also, you can send us a text, 719-315-1726. I know as a pastor and a member of our community, my heart's really been broken over suicide as a whole in our city and teen uh, suicide. Mm-hmm. Uh, could you maybe share uh, with us just how big of an issue this is here in, in our community and maybe why that is? I know that's a tough question and all of us are asking that, but why do we struggle in this way in Colorado Springs? Yeah, that is a a, a significantly large question to what's yeah. going on in our community and some of the things that we see happening um, can give us hope at the same time can also provide hopelessness in the midst of that. And that's really the tension that we live in in our, in our city. There are many different reasons and things that our, our youth and our teens are facing that may not be unique, but they are actually facing them here. And for some reason, the way that it's being faced here is providing um, the pathway to death um, versus the pathway to hope. And so uh, you can name different various things and different topics that teens are seeing, um, even through the research of those suicides that we've had. There's not a lot of connection. There's some maybe means or ways that the suicides happen, but maybe we haven't gone in depth into the the full background and know that really. But really a couple things that we can identify – um, that we are seeing within our community is a lot of um, we we haven't had a ton of dialogue. We mm. haven't even you know when you don't talk about something, it doesn't necessarily go away, right? Right. And uh, the comic approach to me is like, if we stop talking about it, it goes away. Well, then don't talk about bills because right. I just want those to go away, right? Yeah. And and for us, mental health and and suicide, this must be a dialogue. It's got to be conversated so that people can feel safe to express where they are and not be judged, but they can be heard, understood, and noticed. And I think our students are navigating that. Yeah. Um, you can see also expectations parental expectations, as well as the student having those expectations of what do my parents want me to be or what does it look like? And then also just the mere fact of, hey, what does this go in our entire world? Yeah, this, for sure. That's There's a lot uh, to this. Um, when you look in the scriptures, you know, mm-hmm. what does God have to say about life? You know, I, I've heard you share at a few uh, youth events, and, and there's some powerful things in scripture that really point us to a direction of, of life. And a lot of times, as believers, we focus on our eternal hope, which is awesome and very real, but there's also hope in this life. You yeah. know, in Psalms 27, it says, I would have lost heart unless I believed I'd see the goodness of God in the land of the living. So there's eternal hope, but there's also hope that that God is good and he does good in this life. And I've got things to look forward to in this life as, as well. So what are a few snapshots in scripture that really inspire you in this area of life? Oh, I could probably talk about this all day. I yeah. think there's so much that we see. And even just beginning with the mere fact that he created us in his image, the Imago Dei, mm-hmm. the beauty of that. I was talking to someone yesterday and uh, we were talking about the art of listening and listening to the beauty that he created. Just the mere fact that I would look at you as a person and be like, I'm going to behold the artist's creation. 
And just that mere fact of what that is. And I think uh, we see this throughout all of Scripture and even how Jesus' ministry within the Gospels that we see, how he honored life and how he valued every person, not for what they did, but for who they were. That's right. Who they were created and, and, and as they were created. And so um, I could talk about a couple stories that like really touched me. Uh, I love the story about the woman with the issue of blood. Jesus's encounter as he's walking through a ton of people and going through this process, we have this woman who everyone knows what she's been navigating. She's been, she's used all of her money, 12 years of going through this process. Everyone knows this. And she comes to the reality that says, you know what? If I just touch somebody's clothes, the Jesus's clothes, I'll be healed. Like I just touch a cloak. And what's really powerful about that story and how Jesus values life is that he not only felt this, he said, it says he felt this go out of his body, but he not only felt it, he turned around in the midst of the crowd. And his disciples were like, what did you feel? Everybody's touching against you. And he turned around and looked at her. Hmm. And I think often when we talk about mental health and suicide, we forget that the desperate are often behind us. Hmm. The desperate are often behind us. And those that he values are often in the margins, often ones that we have forgotten or pushed aside or maybe um, that we have not given enough value to. And I think Jesus uh, shows that, encapsulates that in so many different ways as he says, uh, the enemy comes to still kill and destroy, Yeah. Um, but I come to give life and life abundantly. We see that in all of the work that Jesus does over and over again. And like you said, it's not just eternal life, but life here, hope and life here. And yeah. so there's so many stories that we can talk hmm. about. <laughs> For those of you listening, I think that's a great encouragement is that God sees you. You know, Jesus yes. sees you. Things might be going well in your life. He sees you. You might be at a real desperate point. He sees you or somewhere in between. He sees you just like he saw the woman with the issue of blood. You're listening with Crosswalk, Colorado Springs. I've got David Galvan uh, with me today talking about life and hope. Uh, we would love for you to stay with us. We'll be right back after this break. But it couldn't fill me Man's empty breaks And treasures that fade Are never enough And you came 100.7 The Word Welcome back to Crosswalk. This is Pastor Eric Cartier from Rocky Mountain Calvary. Thanks so much for joining me and listening today. Really enjoying the rain. Praise the Lord for the moisture. Super refreshing. Hope you're not stuck in too much uh, traffic. David Galvan and I are having a conversation uh, about mental health and suicide prevention. David has really labored in this way in our our city for uh, some time. This is a live call-in show. We're in studio today. We'd love to hear from you. The number to call is 844-500-9673, 844-500-WORD. Also, you can send me a text. It comes to my laptop directly, 719-315-1726. But Seriously, David and I are here to love on you, care for you, uh, serve you, and I know that there's some listeners where you're really struggling. This is super personal, either in your life or somebody that you love. So give us a call. I'm going to give this number one more time, and we're going to hear you. We're going to pray for you, uh, point you to the hope in Christ. The number is 844-596-73. You can also send a text, 719-315-1726. 
We do have a text question that's come in, David. It says, how do we help someone that is struggling? How do we notice someone that could be concealing their struggles? Yeah, this is a great question. And this is something that I love talking about. Um, have you ever bought like a new to you vehicle? Ever bought yeah. like a new to you vehicle? And you thought, you know what? Like I've never seen this vehicle before. But then you start to notice everybody has your vehicle. Well, I thought I broke the game. I was like, hey, I, bought, I got a green Ivy metallic. Nobody has this uh, 2018 vehicle. Like nobody's got this. I've never seen this vehicle. Well, I had been doing some ministry and work here in the community and somebody else who I'd been very close with had the same exact vehicle, same color, same year, same make model, same tint on the windows, but I had never recognized it. And sometimes we don't recognize it until we get told about it or until we start to look for it. And I love the scripture that says, uh, seek and you shall find. Seek and you shall find. You begin to look for something, you will find it. You will see it. And, and when we talk about suicide prevention, we talk about mental health, um, it's really becoming noticers, really becoming aware of what's going on around us and what's happening with that individual. Now, when we look for those cues or what we're called signs, these are warning signs. They can be verbal, things that people are saying, like it's hopeless phrases, like uh, things like, oh, you, you wouldn't really matter if I'm here anymore. It wouldn't matter. Nobody would care if I'm gone. Or even things like behavioral, you start to see them become more extreme, giving away possessions or some of those things, or maybe becoming more um, uh, risky or risk-taking in the things that they're doing. And then there's some circumstances, right? Um, You know, when we talk students, it's like a bad grade. It's doing poor at a sports a breakup uh, in a relationship. relationship. Yeah, Yeah. those types of things. Um, And then when we look at adults, it, it might be a loss of job a separation, a family member, uh, a discord. So these are all things that become what we call situational or circumstantial warning signs, things to look for inside of there. And the reason I bring those up is as we look to help and even answer this question, we must be aware of those things, be looking for those things. Um, I was talking to a friend today and they had a situation where somebody had uh, sent an apology to numerous different people and they had it there, but he, and he said this, he goes, if I hadn't gone through your training, I would have just said, oh, this person's actually going through a process to like change. But this was an actual sign that mm-hmm. this person was thinking about suicide in that process. So ways that we can help, like what can we do? One, look for those signs. Yeah. Two, be ready to help when it's time to help. And so I always encourage people to make sure that you get equipped. One of those ways is youth mental health first aid. So we mm-hmm. all know CPR, a lot of CPR, and I actually ask individuals often, could you imagine a world without CPR? Right. What would it look like? And I, the number one response I get is we'd have a lot more dead people. Right. And I go, and I think that's why we have suicide at the place where it's at now. Yeah. Have we had enough first aid training for people to know what to do, where to go, do that whole process. And so youth mental health first aid is a process that can be, uh, that you can go to receive the training to become a better noticer of this. Can you access that online? Like I know there's classes in the community for that, but if someone's listening and they're like, I need that training right away, can they, they Google it and get good training online or is it better to go to an in-person class? It's so much better to go to in-person class. And actually that training is only done in person. It can okay. be done virtually, but we offer it um, most of the time is in person. There is a virtual option called question, persuade, refer. 
And that's a QPR training. And that's offered here even locally at Pikes Peak Suicide Prevention. They offer that as a resource. And then you could do that virtually. It's about an hour and a half training. And I would highly recommend that to, again, become a better noticer, know how to ask questions and know how to get someone to the help that they need. Some of those things that I actually um, ask people to do within a context of relationship, especially with young people, and I think it was with anybody, is something very, very simple. When you're not doing well, what's helpful for you? Mm-hmm. When you're doing well, when you're not doing well, what's not helpful for you? Okay. Like, think about that. When you've yeah. not done well, like, you know, how, you ever had that person that come to you, you're not doing well, and they just want to fix it? Right. Like, I just want to fix it. Like, just, just fix it. and It'll be fine. Or they try to give you like the one up. Well, if you think that's bad. Right. This is really This bad. is really bad. Yeah. <laughs> that may not be the most helpful approach. Well, if you can hear from somebody and say, you know what? I want to be helpful to them because they told me this is the way to be helpful. That's definitely one of those places. I think as um, adults working with students, we should be better inquirers and not investigators. Okay. Yeah. Be a wonderer of this child. Be a wonderer of this student or a people, right? right. I, That's um, good. I think that sometimes we as parents want to be crime-solving investigators. And when we're looking for suicide and mental illness, um, we don't want to be investigated. We don't want to be investigators. We want to be inquirers. I wonder, what is it like to be them? Hmm. What is it like? I wonder, it seems like you've been going through, I've noticed these things going on. Have you been thinking about this? And so those are things that we want to do with, with youth so that we can be helpful. If someone doesn't want to talk, if someone's not at that place, we can't force them. Right. You're not going to, that's going to be unhelpful to the process. And they're going to push people away versus saying, Hey, like, how do I get someone to talk? Well, it's patience. Yeah. It's waiting. Yeah. It's being willing to be non-judgmental and just listen to the person versus saying, here's what you should do. And here's what you should not do in that process. I think one thing that's really hard in this topic for parents, but for, for everyone, it could be even be in the life of a friend, is, is you know a friend is struggling or a loved one is struggling, and it's really hard to bring up the conversation. Like, yeah. hey, are you doing okay? Yep. Have you ever had thoughts of taking your own life? Like right. that's, for some reason, that's so hard to get out of your mouth. And I think that that's where the enemy has a victory because we know when things are brought to the light, that's where God works, right? Right, right. And, and when it's talked about a lot that in that space, like God, God works. But just saying that question out loud is is so hard. You yeah. Know? Any advice for a person that's like, I'm listening to this, and deep down, I know I need to have a conversation, express my love, ask some hard questions, but I'm just having a hard time doing it. Yeah, you know? I actually have a story for that. I actually. Um, have a uh, a local friend, a youth pastor here that's given me permission to share this story. And he had come to one of our trainings. And in that training, we talk about asking this particular question. Are you thinking about killing yourself? Are you thinking about suicide? And he, he couldn't do it. He's like, I can't do it. Like I can't, I couldn't do this activity during our training. Four days later in his youth group had to ask uh, the son of his pastor, the son of his, the leader that he served under. And to this day, that, that, that young man is alive because he asked the question. Hmm. And although a difficult question, and I'm never going to say it's easy, but a question that can save lives yeah. because we're direct. That when asked that question, you cannot get around that question. You can't get around the question. If somebody asks you that directly, you're not skirting around that question. Yeah, You have to answer that question. And you're right. The enemy has a hold on that because we're fearful that we're going to put that thought in their head. And the reality is you can't put that thought in their head. The thought is there. 
we have to, as a person, ask the question and lean, reach over and be willing to cross that line so that we can help somebody provide help, healing, and hope to them. Good. You're listening to Crosswalk with David Galvan and Eric Cartier. Please stay with us. We're going to head to a break, and we'll be right back. Faith lives here. 100.7, The Word. Welcome back to Crosswalk, Colorado Springs with Eric Cartier. It's so great to have you with us. Hope that you're doing well and know that the Lord's with you and that he loves you. We're having a conversation today with David Galvan on the issue of mental illness and suicide uh, prevention. What's unique about the show is you get to input. You get to be part of uh, the show. So you can call us 844-500-9673, 844-500-9673. If this topic has sparked a question or a prayer request, we would love to hear from you. Also, you can send me a text. The text only number is 719-315-1726. This is a text, a question that's come in. I really appreciate it. It's very heartfelt. Thank you for addressing this difficult topic, which has affected many, including me. I have found in the aftermath of suicide, it's all the unanswered questions that prove very challenging. Why? Would you rec- what would you recommend for healing of those left behind? That's a tough question, David, but I think it, it's obviously very real and a question that a lot of people are asking if you are the survivor of suicide, someone close to you has taken their life, where can you go for help and healing? It is. And I appreciate um, this question and the vulnerability of this. Yeah. This is that openness and and sometimes just the mere fact of bringing this to light and letting you know that you're not alone. Like I'm going to first and foremost let you know that you, there are others here with you. And the enemy has always had that as his number one assignment is that he wants to isolate you and make you feel alone. The other thing that I want to read is uh, C.S. Lewis has this quote. No one ever told me that grief felt so like fear. Hmm. And there's a grieving process that happens in these suicide loss survivors, those that are navigating this. And there's actually a great support group here locally. Um, and I'm just going to plug them, but they're called Heartbeat heartbeat survivors after suicide. You can actually look that up heartbeat survivors after org. It's a phenomenal resource here. They have support groups to walk through that process. And that's necessary to have that um, uh, conversation to be able to talk out loud, to um, allow you to process these questions, um, the unknowns, whys, all of those pieces uh, are necessary to process within a group. And again, uh, so that you don't feel alone. I think, again, we don't realize the power of community and the power of community healing that that provides. And so um, this is a great resource, and that's where I would even direct this caller. You know, I'd really back that up, David, just uh, my experience as a pastor and walking with some families that have had a loved one that they've lost to suicide. It's it's so difficult, obviously, for them to, to talk about mm-hmm. that loss, Um but as they talk and as they share, if it's a pastor or a trusted friend or an organization like you mentioned, uh, God really does come in and, and, and begin that healing process. Not that the pain ever goes away, um, but man, I would encourage someone to, to not feel alone, uh, to, to be able to talk with someone, yeah. especially someone that can understand through a personal uh, experience. So, 
Well, we're getting some feedback from our listeners. Thanks so much for uh, texting us. If, if you'd like to text a question or a prayer request, 719-315-1726. This text question, can David give any insight to recent COVID school closures and increased youth suicide in our community? Not sure I trust the media much at all on this matter. So from your research and personal experience, have you seen that you know, what we went through with COVID, did it lead to more teen suicides? Yeah, I'm not sure if it led exactly to more teen suicides, but there was a heightened awareness around mental health and a heightened awareness around individuals' um, mental illnesses or challenges during this time. We have seen from uh, reports that mental health has gone up, mental illnesses have gone up, or even the expression of individuals navigating that. We saw um, an increase in our youth. Uh, in El Paso County, uh, between the ages of 0 and 17, in 2020, we had 16 death by suicides in our community. That was the highest year to date at this point. Hmm. In 2021, though, we had four. And so how does that, like, how does that match and all those things? We're, we're not sure all those pieces, but we do know this. There are more people now reaching out for help than we've ever had before. There's more conversations we're on this radio show now talking about mental health and suicide. And this might be the first time some people are even hearing this within the faith context. And so we're seeing a heightened awareness and a more heightened uh, communication around this. And even with our students, um, we there's a lot that they're navigating. There's a mm-hmm. lot that our students are navigating. And even the the idea of, well, it's different than when I grew up. It is completely different. It's even completely different since 2007 when right. the iPhone itself was was released. Mm. I mean, we have iPhone 13, 14, wherever number we're on now, but the the world has changed dramatically, even in smaller pre, uh, portions of time now. And so, with our students, I would say I'm not sure there's an exact connection there, but did it impact uh, mental health? Yes, isolation will always impact mental health. Yeah, appreciate that. For those listening that are like, I need a resource right now, you know, I need someone to talk to for myself or or a loved one. Do you have some hotlines that you can recommend that, you know, are trusted where you could make a phone call, send a text even right now? Yeah, definitely. There's actually um, in Colorado, we have the Colorado Crisis Services and you can actually text the word talk to 38255. You can just text it right there. Text the word talk to 38255. That's a phenomenal resource. I have it in my phone. I actually utilize it or I share that contact with others that need that resource. You can also call the National Suicide Hotline number. And that number is actually 188. I just want to make sure I have it. 1-800, sorry. 1-800-273-8255. That's the National Hotline Suicide number. And soon in July, you're actually going to be able to dial 988. Much like 911, you'll be able to dial 988 and be right online with a suicide hotline number. Wow, that's that, that's good. That's going to be great. Yeah. Is that going to be nationwide? It'll be a nationwide rollout. Uh, there are some providers like AT&T and others that have already rolled that out within their systems, but that number now will be much like 911 because of what we're seeing in regards mm-hmm. to suicide, the deaths and suicide. Okay, 998. 988. 988. Yep. Okay, 988. 988, okay. yep. Yeah. Also, I'd give a plug in addition to that is the churches and community are ready to serve. Like you, you call Rocky Mountain Calvary. You know, I can speak for pastors in the city. 
we're going to drop things to uh, try to be there for you, love on you, and, and, and encourage you and pray pray for you. So utilize uh, what David has uh, expressed there and also reach out to local churches. You may not even be plugged into a local church and a local church is going to rally around you for sure. Yeah, and there know? are many local churches here that actually provide uh, funding or they'll actually allow you to have three counseling services. They'll cover those costs for you because they believe in this that much for your help, healing, and hope. And so I would always encourage you to reach out there. Um, there's also some other resources for students. Um, there's actually an organization called the Second Wind Fund that has um, that will provide up to 12 counseling sessions, the covering of those costs for anybody under the age of 19. So these are all resources within our community. The I Matter Project also has three to six counseling sessions. Those are telehealth, but they're available for students as well. Um, so I would always make sure and reach out to those entities uh, to ha- look for whatever resources are available for you because barriers are available, right? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of barriers to reasons why people don't ask for help. Yeah. And often with suicide, uh, people don't ask for help because they want to be uh, noticed. We talked about this earlier, but we want people to see that I'm in pain. Yeah. I can't reach out. I can't reach out when I'm in that pain. I need someone to reach out to me, much like uh, of the Good Samaritan. Much like right. the Good Samaritan story, um, we see that somebody had to go out of their way to approach this individual. Um, and so when we're in those places of pain, uh, we must reach out. But we also must reach out to others and notice them, look for them, see what's going on, and be able to provide those resources. It for goes them. both ways. Yep. Yeah, it yep. re- really does. There's a lot more resources and help than a person might imagine you know yes. the, there's there's help out there uh, for you for sure you're listening to crosswalk with eric cartier and david galvan we're going to be right back stay with us on 100.7 the word The Word. Welcome back to Crosswalk. This is Pastor Eric Cartier from Rocky Mountain Calvary. You're listening to Crosswalk Colorado Springs. We are now podcasting uh, this show. You can go to Crosswalk Colorado Springs on any platforms that you stream and get your podcasts and it should uh, come up. And so please uh, take a listen to past episodes and help us get the word out about the podcast and share it uh, for us today. David Galvan is with me uh, talking about mental health and suicide uh, prevention. Been a difficult but really good uh, conversation. Here's a text question that has come in. says, how do you encourage someone battling with these feelings after a church hurt while also trying to encourage them with the gospel? Yeah, this is a question that I've had before in different settings, and um, I will go back to the idea that always provides something that's helpful to that person. And so sometimes the gospel may not be the thing to bring up, may not be the thing to point them towards. Uh, Therapy, counseling, other uh, services that are there may be providing that first and while um, getting the stuff off the surface so that we can address that pain at some point. And sometimes uh, I put this in the category of what we call stigma. When you have stigma on something, uh, stigma, the actual definition is a mark of disgrace on someone or something. And it's synonymous with shame, guilt, and as well as dishonor. And so in situations like this, I often say, okay, well, if your language 
what you're saying is not helpful. If you watch Jesus in his ministry, he always languaged things to the community or to the individual that he was talking to. I, I always say this. I can't wait to see the Netflix episode of Jesus with the woman at the well. Yeah. How did he talk to her yeah. to get her to that point to become one of the greatest missionaries to her community? Um, and so I think with an individual here that's experienced that pain is to say, okay, how am I going to language things to be helpful for them versus uh, just pushing Bible or, or saying, you know what? We need to pray more or have more faith. These are stigmatizing phrases that may not be helpful, but are in good intention, well-intentioned, right. but removing those and saying, okay, what are some other ways that I get this person to listen versus just hear that I'm right or hear that this is the only way. And so uh, there are, are, are a lot of options out there for that individual as they go through that vein. Okay. Thanks, David, for yeah. for that answer. So yeah, one thing I would love to hear uh, you share is just uh, the Philippian jailer and his perspective on hopelessness and how Paul spoke life and, and and pointed him to to the life that Christ provides. Yeah, this is actually what I call a suicide intervention. Somebody stepping in the midst of someone's darkness. And so uh, we see this in uh, Acts 16. In Acts 16, we see uh, um, Paul and Silas, just to familiarize us with what's going on, they're being uh, beaten and flogged in the streets. And there's this jailer. It's just the jailer uh, in the context. And we see the jailer um, be told to put them in the, in the center cell, fasten their stocks, and to watch over them. And verse 26 says, suddenly there's an earthquake. There's an earthquake and all the prison doors come open, all the chains come loose. And uh, verse 27 says, the jailer awoke and saw that this had happened. And he drew his sword and was about to kill himself. Now that day, I don't think the jailer woke up thinking this is going to happen. The jailer was just doing his job, doing what he was supposed to be doing during that time and was actually in that process of just going through their common day. And I, I liken this to our world as you as an individual could be going through your day and an earthquake moment like this could happen. And this could be the instantaneous thought like, okay, I'm done for, I'm done for. And that's what the jailer was thinking. But what's, magic, what's, what's amazing about this story and powerful about the story is verse 28. Verse 28, we see a transition that happens where Paul intervenes and it's scripture says, but Paul shouted, don't kill yourself. We're all here. What a powerful message. I think our community should be hearing, but Paul says this to the jailer, don't kill yourself. We're all here. And what is powerful about that is in verse 29, we, we learn that, that it says, then the jailer called for the lights. Which is sometimes hard, and, and, and even earlier you said about asking the question, it seems so hard and difficult to ask the question if someone's thinking about suicide. But sometimes as believers, our job is to go into the darkness and to bring the light. And much like Paul did and intervened in the situation, right, said, yeah. don't kill yourself, we're all here. But what's powerful to me or what's, what I think about often is, how did Paul know that everyone was there? How does he know? Because it was dark. There was no Alexa, like Alexa, turn on the lights. There was none of that. It was literally Paul shouting the words that need to be said to this individual and thinking about him and saying, if I'm in this situation, this is probably going on. And the Holy Spirit nudging him enough to say, don't kill yourself. We're all here. And so um, if you continue on in that 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 context or that text, um, you see that the jailer ran to the feats of Paul and Silas and said, what must I do to be saved? Awesome. And his entire family that day was baptized. So what do I encourage us as callers, as listeners today is this, what would it look like if we had a community, a faith community 
in unison saying, don't kill yourself. We're all here. Yes. Don't kill yourself. We're all here. You're not alone. You're not stigmatized. You're not marked. You're, you're on a pathway to hope, life, healing, help. You're on that path. Like we're here for you. Mm-hmm. And so I think as we think about the gospel in the context of that jailer, I wonder how many people today, even listeners or people that we know that just need us to intervene and say, we're all here. Yeah. We're all here. And um, as I think that of that context, that's, that's the suicide intervention that I believe the faith community, us as believers, can walk into and bring the light into dark worlds. Mm-hmm into those individuals. I really believe that's for somebody listening today. Mm-hmm. You know, as you're driving down the road or you're home and you're checking out this podcast later on, like, don't kill yourself. We're, we're all here. Yes. And, and I know we're just two dudes, yeah. Eric and David, <laughs> sitting in a studio, but, but we're here to tell you the body Christ is here. We're here. You're reach out. Reach out to Rocky Mountain Calvary. You know, I know that people can find you, David Galvan, yeah. on- online. But there's people in your life as well that yes. you know. Reach out, let them know you're struggling. Let let them know, and then also us being proactive to look for those that are struggling, yep. to pray for them, to ask the the hard question. David, you've got a benediction uh, yeah. for us to to close us out. A prayer. Uh, would Would you mind leading us out in that? Yeah, I just want to say thank you again, Eric, yeah. for allowing me to be a part of this. And those of you listening, um, I agree with Eric. Like, if you're in a place today that you need hope, reach out. Yeah. But if you're in a place that you know someone that needs hope, reach out to them. Yes. May you be blessed with this. May God bless you with discomfort at easy answers, half truth, and superficial relationships so that you may leave, live deep within your heart. May God bless you with anger at injustice, oppression, and exploitation of people so that you may work for justice, freedom, and peace. And may God bless you with tears to shed for those who suffer pain, rejection, and isolation so that you may reach out your hand to comfort them and turn their pain into joy. And may God bless you with enough foolishness to believe that you can make a difference in the world so that you can do what others claim cannot be done to bring hope and kindness to all God's children. Hmm. That's powerful. Amen. Well, thanks again for joining me. It's it great having this conversation. I'm, I'm going to have to have you back because I feel like we're just <laughs> scratching the surface. Yeah, I would, my pleasure. As we're in this month of May, just so everyone knows, this is Mental Health Awareness Month. Do whatever you can to make sure that you take care of yourself and also provide a bridge, not a barrier, to someone's help, healing, and hope. I'm so grateful to be a part of this and so grateful to be a part of a community, a faith community, a church community in Colorado Springs that wants to provide that hope to everyone. Awesome, awesome. You're listening to Crosswalk with Pastor Eric Cartier from Rocky Mountain Calvary. Dave Galvan was my guest today. Look forward to hosting on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, so make sure to tune in from 5 to 6. And remember, you can catch the podcast uh, if you go to where you find your podcast and just put in Crosswalk Colorado Springs. And I'm praying and believing that God can change the narrative of Colorado Springs, that we wouldn't be known for death, but we'd be known uh, for life. And, And Jesus is alive, and he provides hope no matter what your circumstance is. So have a great night, and thanks so much for listening. God bless you. I was sure by now, God, you would have reached down and wiped our tears away. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.